Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you are well. We are doing wonderfully here in Tyler, Texas, and the world is falling apart, and the church looks like it's falling apart, but it is not. It cannot. It cannot be destroyed. It will last till the end of time. Um, But the enemy is sure trying to destroy it, left and right. But we are victors in him, and we know the end. And we are now in um, the section of the Catechism Explained uh, on the Holy Trinity, that there is one God who exists in three persons. He didn't become three persons. He was from the beginning. And um, uh, we are under the second point of this section that says, we cannot, with our feeble understanding, grasp the doctrine of the Blessed Trinity. And it is therefore called a mystery. I'll just tell you a little, a little quip here that when I grew up in my Jewish home, there were things that I would want to know, and I would say to my mother, uh, Ma, why do we do this? So what does this mean? And her normal answer would be, don't ask. <laughs> the Jewish answer, don't ask. And when I was coming into the church, the priest that helped me, who was Monsignor James O'Connor, author of The Hidden Man, just a beautiful holy priest, I'd say to him on a couple occasions, what about this, what about that? And he'd say to me, it's a mystery. And we don't understand it all. It's a mystery. And I said, well, that's the Jewish answer. Don't ask. It's the same thing. Help me to understand that Catholicism was the fulfillment of Judaism. (laughs) Just a little joke, but that was true. We cannot understand God. We are finite and he is infinite. We are unable to comprehend that there are three persons in God. God, yet only one God. He who gazes at the sun is dazzled by it. If he continues to gaze at it, he loses his sight. So is it with the blessed Trinity. He who inquires into it, hold on one moment, he who inquires into it is dazzled. He who refuses to believe in it because he does not understand it is like a blind man who will not believe in the existence of the sun because he cannot see it. How many things there are in nature that we cannot understand. We cannot understand the growth of plants, trees, and animals. We cannot understand the nature of electricity and magnetism. We cannot understand how the color red is formed by the vibration of the ether at the rate of 130 millions of vibrations in a second, or violet by double that number. To count the vibrations of the ether that takes place in one second in the forming of the color violet, we should have to go on counting for more than 10,000 years without ceasing, either day or night. Much less can we understand what belongs to God. Jeremiah says, Great art thou, O Lord, in counsel and incomprehensible in thought. No one understands what thou art, O God, except thou thyself. We can, however, understand something of the nature of the Blessed Trinity 
by comparing it with certain facts of nature, which in some way correspond to and illustrate it. The flames of three candles placed together form but one flame. The white light can be divided into red, yellow, and blue rays, which, however, together form but one light. The orb of the sun, its light and its heat, are three different things, which are at the same time really one. The soul of a man contains memory, understanding, and will, which are but different manifestations of the same spiritual substance. Yet all these are but imperfect analogies and cannot carry us very far in attempting to understand something of the incomprehensible mystery of the Blessed Trinity. <clears throat> Unbelievers sometimes say, how is it possible that three can be one and one three? They show that they do not know what the teaching of the church really is. They blaspheme those things that they do not know. That's what Jude says. The church does not say there are three persons and one person, but there are three persons and one nature or essence. The nature, the attributes, and the works of the three persons of the Blessed Trinity are common to all of them. There are therefore not three gods, but one God. The Father is therefore different from the Son because he is a different person, but he has not a different being because he has the same nature. Now, beloved, I'm just picking up from where we left off yesterday and just repeating this one section because it can be mind-boggling to just read through and absorb because we are finite and it doesn't speak of what we know as human beings because it's beyond us. The pot can't understand the potter, the creator. For this reason, each of the three persons is in exactly the same sense, omniscient, that's all-knowing, omnipotent, that's all-powerful, and eternal, meaning uh, they, always were, they always were and always will be, and absolutely perfect, as are the other two. When our Lord spoke of his return to the Father, he said, my Father is greater than I. John chapter 14. Here he was speaking of himself as man, else he could not have spoken of his return to the Father. Hence the creation of the world, the redemption and the sanctification of men is wrought by all the three divine persons together. And yet we are accustomed to say the Father made the world, the Son redeemed it, and the Holy Spirit sanctifies it. But the three divine persons are divided only in their origin. Now, this is also can be very confusing, but this is the teaching of the church. And you know, dear ones, that comes from God, not from man. In a tree trunk comes forth from the root, and from both comes the fruit, such is the relation between the three divine persons. God the Father has no origin and proceeds from no other person. God the Son proceeds from the Father. God the Holy Spirit proceeds both from the Father and from the Son. In order to mark the order of procession, we name the Father first, the Son second, and the Holy Spirit third. But there is no succession in time. The Son proceeds from the Father from all eternity, and so does the Holy Spirit from the Father and the Son.
The Son is begotten of the Father before all creation. The Father produced by an act of divine knowledge. The Son as an image like to himself in all things, just as we, when we think, produce an intellectual image in our minds. We may illustrate this by the relation existing between fire and light. Light proceeds from fire, but it is contemporaneous with it. If there were an eternal fire, there would also be an eternal light. The sun is the brightness of God's glory, says the writer to the Hebrews, the unspotted image of his majesty. Just as one torch is kindled from another, without the first losing any of its light, so the Son is begotten of the Father without taking anything away from him. The Son is called the Word of the Father, John 1. Just as the Word formed in our minds, which is the thought, is made manifest by the external or spoken Word, so the Word of God, dwelling in the bosom of the Father, was made manifest to the world, when the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. As the Son has his origin in the knowledge of God, so the Holy Spirit has his origin in the love of God. The Holy Spirit is none other than the mutual love of the Father and the Son. He is the Spirit of love who engenders in our hearts the love of God and of each other. The word Spirit is well chosen because by it we express the attractiveness and the force of love. The Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son as warmth proceeds from the Son and its light. On account of the difference in their origin, we appropriate to the Father the works of omnipotence. That means everything that is all-powerful to the Son the works of wisdom, and to the Holy Spirit the works of love. These various works have a certain correspondence with the attributes of the persons that are connected with their origin. The Father begets the Son. For this reason there is appropriated to him the bringing of perishable things also out of nothing, such as creation. He is therefore called the Almighty Father. He is also called the God of compassion because he is ever ready to receive the sinner who comes back to him in a true spirit of penance. The Son is the eternal wisdom of the Father. To him there is appropriated the beautiful arrangement of the world. As the artist, through the working of his reflective mind, designs the plan of his work, so the Father, through His Son, produced the order in the world. And to the Son, too, is ascribed the restoration of order. As for this end, He took upon Himself the nature of man. Beloved, we'll be back to um, describe the Holy Spirit's part in this um, as soon as we come back from the break, dear ones. And as always, at the, uh, at the second break, we'll have a whole half hour all to ourselves for your calls and your emails with anything whatsoever on your heart. Um, and the toll-free number is one 811 
Hi, this is Jim Havens, co-founder of the National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood. Some truths are self-evident, some rights are unalienable. It is a scientific fact that life begins at conception fertilization. It is a foundational moral truth that we ought not murder innocent human beings. Every human being is a human person with a right to life and the equal protection of law according to the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Yet we have an ongoing daily mass murder of our little pre-born brothers and sisters. It's time for all men and women of goodwill to rise up together in the public square and say no more. Come join us in Albany, New York on Saturday, June 3rd. Men, let's go first and gather at 9 a.m. for the Men's March. Women, we need you to join us at 1045 a.m. for the Rally for Personhood outside of the New York State Capitol. We'll have some great speakers along with terrific opportunities for formation and fellowship before and after. Go to themensmarch.com for all the details. See you in Albany. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved I am her, I am she, and we are live, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And we are continuing in the Catechism Explained on the Blessed Trinity. And after the following break, um, in about 10 minutes, we will um, uh, have a whole half hour to ourselves for your calls and your emails. Um, The uh, Reverend Sparago from the Catechism Explained is explaining the roles of the three persons of the Blessed Trinity, that the Father begets the Son. And for this reason, there is appropriated to him the bringing of perishable things also out of nothing, such as creation. He is therefore called the Almighty Father. He's also called the God of compassion, because he's ever ready to receive the sinner who comes back to him in a true spirit of penance. The Son is the eternal wisdom of the Father. To him, therefore, is appropriated the beautiful arrangement of the world. As the artist, through the working of his reflective mind, designs the plan of his work, so the Father, through his Son, produced order in the world. To the Son, too, is ascribed the restoration of order, as for this end, he took upon himself the nature of man. To the Holy Spirit, 
as the mutual love of the Father and the Son are ascribed all the benefits of God to man, especially the bestowal upon him of his natural life in creation, such as uh, right in the beginning of Genesis, it says the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and of his spiritual life by his sanctification through grace to him as the finger of God's right hand, that's the Holy Spirit, as the finger of God's right hand are ascribed all miracles and above all the work of the incarnation as being of all miracles the greatest. The love of God has ever occupied itself with men, but the incarnation of the Son of God by the operation of the Holy Spirit surpassed all other benefits wrought by him. It brought mercy to sinners, truth to the erring, life to those who were dead, and hope and faith to the whole world. Before we go on to the fifth point here of the Blessed Trinity, I want to tell you that the incarnation uh, of our Lord was in large measure what brought me to Christianity. Um, I not only did not believe in my Jewish background in the Trinity, I wouldn't have understood it, um, but I, we couldn't believe in Christ. We couldn't believe that a man could be God. Uh, I couldn't bear to stand before God and have him accuse me that I worship the man. God is not a man, he's a spirit. And I recall at Christmas when the whole world was lit up with the manger scene and storefronts and church lawns. I wish it were that way today. Today there are robots and spacemen. It's horrible. But when I grew up, uh, it was the manger scene. And my mother used to work for Macy's in New York. And hundreds of people would come to see the Macy's window. And I would look in that window and see the Holy Family, what I now know was the Holy Family. And that little babe in the manger, and I, I was sick to my stomach. I said, how could anybody worship that baby? How could anybody worship a man? Well, that baby is now my Lord, and I know it. But it was the impossible thought that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who I knew all my life, no man could look on and live, just as in the Old Testament, when the, the angel, not any angel, but the angel of the Lord appeared to Noah and his wife to say they would have a son who would be Gideon. They knew that the angel of the Lord was uh, God incarnate. They knew that, not just any angel, but the angel of the Lord was God. And Manoah said to his wife, we have seen God, we shall die. Um, but it was God himself and is God himself who did become incarnate um, to save us, to become man, to die for the sins that separated us from God, to rise from the dead, to give life to all who will come to him and to establish his church on earth, the Catholic church, none other, through which we would, be, we would receive the sacraments and above all, the Holy Eucharist, which is his body, blood, soul, and divinity, and come to heaven through the narrow road. Beloved, it's the story of a love that we'll never comprehend as fallen human beings, but it's a love that God holds out to us 
to be saved, to be redeemed, to be renewed, to be made new creatures in Christ. Point five here of the section on the Blessed Trinity of the Catechism Explained says, we are taught the mystery of the Blessed Trinity by Christ himself, but it was partly known in the time of the Old Testament. We know from the fact of creation the infinite power, wisdom, and goodness of God. But it does not reveal to us the mystery of the Blessed Trinity, nor is there any proof of this doctrine to be found in nature, though we may find certain analogies to it, some of which we have given. But the mystery itself can only be made known to us by revelation. St. Matthew says, The Father no man knoweth, but the Son, and he to whom the Son shall reveal him. Our Lord revealed this mystery to his church when he said to his apostles before his ascension, Go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, if this were proper English, beloved, it would say, go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the names, plural, of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, not the name, singular, of the three persons. In the time of the Old Testament, the Jewish priests, when they blessed the people, had to repeat the name of God three times. Look at Numbers chapter 6. Isaiah tells us that the seraphim in heaven cry, holy, holy. Holy Lord God of hosts, Isaiah chapter 6, and we say that in Mass. Before the creation, God said, let us make man in our image. King David says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand. Who is God talking to? The Lord said to my Lord. But before the incarnation, the mystery of the Blessed Trinity was veiled in a cloud which was only dispelled under the new law. The church, says St. Hilary, knows this mystery. The synagogue believed it not. Philosophy understood it not. Number six, the belief in the Blessed Trinity is expressed in the Apostles' Creed, in baptism, and in the other sacraments, in all consecrations and blessings, and in the feast of the host most Holy Trinity. The mystery of the Blessed Trinity is the foundation of our religion, dear ones. Without a knowledge of this truth, we cannot understand our redemption by the Son of God. We ought frequently to make an act of faith in this mystery, especially by the repetition of the Gloria Patri, that is, Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Gloria Patri, et Filii, et Spiritui Sancti. We should repeat it whenever we receive any benefit from God, and also when he sends us any cross or trial. Oh, dear ones, if we lived through all eternity, we would never understand the love of God. We would never understand it. We could know enough from God's revelation to believe it, but we could not understand it. We are the creature. He is the creator. He is infinite. We are finite. 
finite. The fifth section we're entering now is the history of creation. We are instructed by the writer of the book of Genesis in the story of creation. And the account given of the creation in the book of Genesis is not a fable, but it is founded on truth. The sacred writer was enlightened by the Holy Spirit, and his words are a part of the word of God. Perhaps God gave him a vision of the course of creation. The story is in exact agreement with the conclusions of natural philosophy. All investigations into the crust of the earth show that organic life was developed in the order set forth in Genesis. We believe that the Torah, beloved, the law, the first five books of the Old Covenant, were written by Moses. But certainly Moses was not there at the creation of the world. So how could he have written this? Because the word of God is written for all time through the spirit of God through men. Not of anyone's invention, but by the spirit of God through men. In the beginning, God created created the spiritual and material universe in the beginning, that is, in the beginning of time, when there was nothing else existing except God. Because you know, dear ones, God didn't begin. He never had a beginning. Well, how could he exist? He always did. What do you mean he always did? How could anything always exist? It had to be made. It had to be brought into existence. No, it had not to be made and brought into existence. That's what we know. Because we are, um, we're the cup and he's the potter. We're the creature, he's the creator. We only know what we know in our finite, limited uh, minds. And we were created. We we, so to us, everything has to be created. And we were created in time. So it's hard for us to understand what is outside of time. But God is outside of time. Even now, while we're in time, God is outside of time. Always has been, always will be. Time began with the world, so that before the creation, there was no time. Holy Scripture does not tell us when the world was created. The world may have existed for millions of years before the creation of man. You see, the church, dear ones, makes no definitive uh, statement on when the world was created. The fact that it takes millions of years for the light of some of the heavenly bodies to reach the earth seems to show this to have been the case. Oh, I tell you, dear ones, there's the music for our second break. And when we come back, we'll have a whole half hour to ourselves and our lines will be wide open. And um, you'll be able to call in with anything on your heart and to write in as well. But I love this and I love reading it. It's beyond what is human. It's beyond our understanding. And we have been made in God's love to live in the midst of this magnificent world that his own creation is working day and night to destroy right now. Call in with anything on your heart, dearest. Uh, Toll free, one 877 511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. 
This is the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network's Saint of the Day for April 27th. Today we celebrate Saint Asychus. While St. Patrick is indisputably the most well-known saint associated with Ireland, there are several individuals who were influenced by him who are also recognized officially as saints in the Catholic Church. Today's saint is one of them. A former coppersmith and later convert to Catholicism, St. Asychus was one of the earliest disciples of St. Patrick, becoming the first bishop of the Diocese of Elphin. Believing he was unworthy of his high office in the church, he resigned and became a hermit on an island in Donegal Bay. After seven years, monks found him and persuaded him to return to Elfin. On his journey back, he died of natural causes. St. Asychus was buried in a churchyard that has fallen into disuse in County Donegal. As Archbishop Healy described, we sought in vain for any trace of an inscribed stone in the old churchyard. He fled from men during life and, like Moses, his grave is hidden from them in death. St. Asychus was canonized in 1902 by Pope Leo XIII and is the patron saint of coppersmiths and the Diocese of Alfin in Ireland. The only statue of St. Asychus that is known in the world today is a wooden statue that resides in the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in Sligo, Ireland, about an hour from his final resting place. This has been the Saint of the Day on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. church you know at christmas time gradually quit going it's not as scary as i thought it was it's a much more warm and open place and god really is about love it's not about the rules and the things that i remember as a young child it really is about the love that god has for each one of us that's so um, deep and wonderful if you've been away from the catholic church for any reason visit catholicscomehome.org Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live and we have a half hour all to ourselves. Our lines are wide open. Please feel free to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. And I remind you, you're welcome to call in anonymously or to write anonymously. Um, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. So don't hesitate to call in. Uh, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Before we go to your calls and emails, I just want to remind you, um, this is Thursday, we have tomorrow, and then next week begins uh, the fun drive for the Station of the Cross. And dear ones, it's just twice a year that we have um, this opportunity as the body of Christ to keep the Station of the Cross on the air for another six months. It, and it's going to be a very exciting week. Tremendous gifts are going to be given away. And for the very first time, the Station of the Cross is going to have a prayer wall. In fact, the theme is Lord, Hear Our Prayers. And you can call in and your prayers will be posted and read by thousands of people and prayed uh, thousands will pray for you. It's it's going to be very very wonderful, and your chance. Uh, you don't have to wait till next week. You can get a head start uh, by giving them a call, uh, or sending in uh, a, a, an envelope, or your iCatholic Radio app, 
uh, going to the station of the cross.com. If you're going to be busy or out of town next week, you could do it ahead. But um, I want to keep and urge you to keep supporting the station of the cross um, because they are speaking indeed. They live up to their, uh, their mission statement, speaking the truth with clarity and charity. But they compromise on absolutely nothing, which is why I have the freedom and the honor to be on the Station of the Cross. Um, so I'll give you their toll-free number for donations, and it's 1-877-711-8500. Or again, you could visit the station, thestationofthecross.com or your, use your iCatholic Radio app or return the envelope from uh, the recent mailing. So just a heads up on that. Uh, that's That will be next week. And it, it really is going to be a thrilling week. Um, I'm very grateful for the Station of the Cross and for every single one of you who support them. <clears throat> we have an email from Christina <clears throat> who says, Good morning, Mother Miriam. I love your show and guidance. Thank you, Christina. Can you recommend a Bible version for me for the Old and New Testament? Thank you, Christina. Yes, it's the one I use. It's the Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition, published by Ignatius Press. Do not get the new Revised uh, script. Forget the word new. Uh, just Revised Standard Version. Now, the Protestant Bible has the Revised Standard Version. So you want to be sure it's the Catholic Edition, because the Protestant Bible is going to be missing over seven books, plus parts of uh, other Old Testament books. So... Um, Revise Standard Version, Catholic Edition, R-S-V-C-E. Um, and again, you could go online and get it, R-S-V-C-E. Um, you could go to Ignatius Press. We have an email from Dave who says, Mother, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on the firing of Tucker Carlson from Fox News. Also, how do you feel about Joe Biden announcing his re-election bid? Thanks, Dave. Dave, um, I, I know that uh, Tucker Carlson and Fox News have parted. Um, it, there was nobody better than Tucker Carlson on Fox News, so I'm sorry that they'll uh, not have him anymore. I did not know that he was fired. Uh, I know that they parted. Uh, if they fired him, they're fools. I'll just say that. Um, because uh, they are highly rated, Fox News, among the secular news uh, outlets. And if they get rid of Tucker Carlson, I think they're gonna, their ratings will drop considerably. So uh, that's unfortunate. But um, I know, I believe, and pray that uh, our Lord will use Tucker Carlson even more greatly than he has, uh, apart from Fox News. As far as Joe Biden announcing his reelection bid, um, I, I, it, it, it's a fairy tale. It's, it's an unbelievable situation that he was even put into office as president to begin with. And that is because of the failure of Catholics to live their faith. We have enough Catholics in this country to put in place a good president, or at least keep out of that office one who would do such evil. So um, I don't think he's fit in any way to hold any office, uh, physically, mentally, morally. And uh, if any Catholic votes for Joe Biden, um, 
I, I believe you can, uh, that you can't even describe yourself as a Catholic anymore because he opposes everything the Catholic Church teaches. So that's a tragedy, but it, his reelection may make it a lot easier. His, his um, uh, announcing his reelection may make it a lot easier to vote for the right person. We have an email from Mark who says, Pope Francis has decided that women will be voting members of the Synod of Bishops. Oh my goodness, I better catch up on some news. I have two questions for you regarding this matter. First, does he have the right to make such a change? And second, do you see a good reason for this? And or how do you feel about it in general? Thank you, Mother, for all that you do. Mark, Mark, I think I heard something about it, but I didn't know it was definite that Pope Francis has decided that women will be voting members of the Synod of Bishops. Women, neither women nor men who are lay people should be voting members of the Synod of Bishops. Only bishops should be. So no, uh, women should not be a part of that. And laymen should not be a part of that. No one but bishops should be a voting member of the Synod of Bishops. So I think that is a further decline of the tragedy uh, coming upon the Catholic Church that that would be allowed. And then he says, do you see a good reason for this? Absolutely not. And how do you feel about it in general? Um, I think it's tragic. I think it is. Um, and my dear producer, James, just gave me a note that um, per the USCCB uh, website, the decision that women will be uh, visit, voted members, um, uh, voting members rather, um, was formalized on April 17th. So that's uh, 10 days ago. Well, I'm, I'm sick to my stomach about that, just the way I am. Many things Pope Francis has decided that are, uh, if possible, would destroy the church. Uh, it's, it's not good. It's tragic, and um, uh, there's nothing positive or healthy for it. So um, that's how I feel about it in general, Mark. It's wrong. And uh, does he have the right to make such a change? I, I Canonically, I cannot answer that. I don't understand how he can make that change, but I, I cannot answer it canonically. So um, it's awful, Mark. God bless you, dear one. Let me see now. We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, good morning, Mother Miriam. Yesterday at the homily presided over by our new assistant semi-retired priest, I was surprised to hear him say that the church is all about equality. Oh dear, I hear, I hear bad things coming now. Jesus and the church, he says, does not care or do not care about any issues so-called fallen away Catholics may have, and we should not care about divorced and remarried, and that the church and Jesus do not care about race, orientation, etc. Well, race and orientation have nothing to do with divorce and remarry. Um, if you mean sexual orientation, of course the church cares about that. My goodness. The church teaches God's truth about morality and, and, the, and the human person. 
Um, and this uh, person who writes it anonymously says, although his words were not clear, not surprising, and not exactly incorrect, they were incorrect, absolutely incorrect. He did not elaborate the about the fact that the church has remedies to assist with these things that are misunderstood about the church and lead members to leave. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that this is what he was trying to say. Do not give him the benefit of the doubt. This is utter heresy and destruction of souls. Don't give him the benefit of the doubt. He's not given you any language to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, and he says, um, taking advantage of the fact that the Mass was attended more than usual by those that are not always at Mass. Um, uh, no, um, no, not at all. If the, if the church was attended by more than usual by those who are not always at Mass, he had every obligation to speak truth, not to confuse and speak error. Um, the anonymous writer says, my question is this, do I reach out to him and ask him to clarify what he meant so that I know, but also maybe the next time he is filling in for our pastor, he picks his words better, or should I just let it be? No, I, I think you should go to him. I think you should absolutely go to him and say, Father, um, unless you are able to clarify it, your words seem to me uh, heretical. I don't understand how you could say such and such. Have I taken it wrong? And if I have, would you clarify it and make it very clear um, uh, what the church teaching is? And the, the, this, this person who signs their email concerned says, where does the responsibility of a layperson kick in versus praying for him and leaving it to God? Yes, pray for him, but the responsibility of a layperson is to go to any priest who speaks error or who speaks in such confusing way that people can certainly uh, understand it as heretical or as error. No, I think you must go to him, and I think it must be clarified right away. Even if he writes a letter to the congregation, I don't think it, it should wait till the next time he fills in for your pastor, if that's going to be uh, quite a time away. So I, we have an absolute responsibility to go to any priest that speaks error for his soul and for the souls of the sheep. Absolutely. Um. We have an email from Dawn who writes, Hello, Mother. A tra transitional deacon from my parish will be ordained on June 3rd. Any suggestions for what is the appropriate gift? He is a young man. Thank you in advance. Love you, Dawn. Dawn, I think of two books right off the bat. First one is The Catechism Explained, uh, published by Mediatrics Press. Uh, commented by Reverend Sparago that we're reading through. Again, it's the Catechism of Trent with full explanation and everything in there is true today. So that's number one. A second book that I would recommend is titled The Soul of the Apostolate. The Soul, S-O-U-L, of the Apostolate. It used to be uh, recommended to be on the nightstand of every single Catholic Pope and I think would be good reading for this deacon. Okay, so the Catechism Explained and the Soul of the Apostolate. Um, okay, God bless you. 
we have a call from Albert in Buffalo, New York. Hello, Albert. Hey, Mother Miriam. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, I'm glad you called in, honey. Go ahead. Uh, I just have a question about... Um, I, I'm in an awkward position in my family right now because uh, I'm the oldest hold, one... Hold on, sweetheart. Albert, can you hear the music for that break? It, it came right in the middle of your call. Can you hold on till after the break? Of course. Okay, do that, and we'll have a little, a little more time then. And when we come back from the break, beloved, we'll have 10 minutes, so you're still welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Please join us in a prayer to St. Anthony of Padua. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O dear protector, St. Anthony, on this day we direct our fervent prayer to you, asking you to hear us and to intercede for us. We are parents who ask for peace in our families, our worthy occupations, and our daily bread. We are children who ask for divine assistance and protection in the hope of a successful and happy future. We are the needy poor, the afflicted, and sinners who come to you for help and grace. Therefore, speak on our behalf to that child whom you hold in your arms, and we are sure of being heard. Amen. listening to the station of the cross on your car radio but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area never miss another minute of your favorite show download the iCatholic radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day the iCatholic radio app is available for your phone in the apple store or for your android phone in google play visit the station of the cross.com for more information are you ready to take on the world of flesh and the devil with just the facts? This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Avam, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. God bless you. Keep the faith. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and we have 10 minutes. Still time for you to call in or email with anything whatsoever on your heart. We have Albert from Buffalo, New York, on the line. Hi, Albert. Thanks for holding on. Thank you, Mother. Uh, I, I started right before the break, but I'll, I'll restart. Um, yes. I'm in an interesting position uh, in my family right now. Uh, I'm number seven of 10 children. Oh, wow. Uh, but Great. 
<laughs> which is lovely. And, you know, we're cradle Catholics and everything. Right now, I'm 20 years old. I'm the oldest one still living at home. I have two younger sisters and my parents that I live with. And um, we've gone to Mass, you know, every week for as long as I can remember. I don't remember ever missing one, which is fantastic and all that. And I'm very grateful for that. But I feel like we've hit a stage where we've had some serious trauma happen in the past three years that has, like, kind of taken down the family and things have fallen apart and all that. And I feel like we're finally, you know, getting back on our feet. But at the same time, I don't really feel a, a drive to make things any different. We, we're kind of just in a, a lukewarm stage right now. And obviously, as a child, I don't really have any authority to make changes. Um, and when I talked to a priest about this, he told me to say, uh, to consecrate my father, because uh, it's really his responsibility, consecrate my father to the Blessed Virgin every day, which I do. He told me to pray binding prayers, which I do. Um, and I've talked to my parents about this, and they've kind of, those, the way they worded it was, they've assigned me, like, the quote-unquote chaplain of the family. So, like, I, I've kind of been falling down on the job, but I'm supposed to, like, once a week, get the family together, pray a rosary, you know, do a devotion, you know, watch a spiritual video. And, like, that's good and all, and we've done a couple, which is nice. But, like, I feel odd at the same time because I feel like it's really not my my position. Like, I don't mind doing it, but I feel awkward almost, like it's not my place. So what, what are your who, thoughts on that? Well, who is it in your family that uh, did they make you the chaplain in a mockery? Uh or, or just to placate you, or do they? You think they're sincere? Well, they're they're definitely sincere, and I I have a lot of early childhood memories of you know doing the Angelus at lunch. We were homeschooled, you know. We went to uh, Children Mary homeschooling in Buffalo, and we were always very involved. I remember going to the May crowning and all that. And then we moved uh, in like 2011, and ever since we moved, there hasn't been really. I, I don't remember a whole ton of those memories. Um, it's almost like we were Catholic, but we don't really live it as strongly as we did. And then okay. in... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. And then in uh, 2019, a whole bunch of uh, legal stuff went down and the family kind of like fell apart a little bit. We still go to church and everything, but um, there's just a lot of bad things that happened. And we're kind of just like getting back on our feet but not really doing much other than going okay. to Mass on Sunday. Well, if you're, you're still going to Mass on Sunday and, um, and they are sincere in, in appointing you chaplain, which is to say they're admitting that their love and zeal is just not up to par. And since you have, you're the only one in the family that has this desire, that you could lead them, which is just fine. You're, you're a man, you're over 18, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Yes, normally it would be your dad's place, but it's fine for it to be your place. And what did they suggest you do? Get them together once a week or once a month? Uh, once a week. I, uh, that's, that's the plan. But my work schedule has been kind of weird and they're always traveling and everything. So I, I got to really work on that more than I have been. Well, your parents are traveling? Uh, my my sisters are involved in a lot of sports, so they're out of state every other weekend. Um, but 
Yeah, and then my, every once in a while, one of the parents will travel with them. Hmm. Did they suggest what day you get together? Uh, what we day were doing, of the week? We were doing Thursdays for a little bit, and then we were going to do Stations of the Cross every Friday. But the only day that everyone seems to be home at the same time is Sunday. But for some reason, they didn't want to do it on Sunday, which seemed to me like the perfect day, but I don't know. Well, it, it, it's not the perfect day if they travel on weekends for sports games. Um, would there be a day during the week, Wednesday or something, where everybody is truly home and not traveling? Uh, I'd, I'd have to say either Thursday or Friday, because that's usually the day that I have off of work. I'll have Sunday and then one of the weekdays off. So if I could find a day where everybody's consistently home, but it's, it's just weird because I have a work schedule. The girls go to school. The girls have sports. Um, my parents are retired, so they're home all the time, but getting all three kids and them at home. Well, at the same I would time say, is- Albert, I would say, forget about yourself. Pick it. If your parents are home all the time, except you said some of them travel on weekends for sports to be with your sisters, pick a day get together with your sisters and together pick a day that the whole family can get together. And if it's your only day off, bless God that you have a day off that you could do that. Don't work it around you. Uh, if, if you have a day off during the week and your sisters and your parents could come together on that day, make that sacrifice, Albert, do it and be a hundred percent consistent. If your sisters are away and your parents are there, do it with your parents. If your parents are away and your sisters are there, do it with your sisters. If only one person is there, do it with that one person. If one person's missing, do it anyway. Don't let it revolve around circumstances because it'll never get done. You must be faithful. You must be faithful because the more, since it's weekly, uh, it's fantastic. And a week, a weekly getting together to pray the rosary and maybe see a film based on the films you choose, that could be, it could be life-changing for them. You could read stories of conversions, stories of saints, films, uh, and again, praying the rosary. Uh, that could change their lives. They've given you a huge, huge door to get the family back to God. And I would say if you're the only real zealous one right now, God has blessed you with that. Don't don't be lazy. Uh, don't be sporadic. Pick a day that everybody could be there. And if someone's, but again, if they travel on weekends, forget weekends. They don't want to do a Sunday, forget Sunday. If it's the only time they'll do it is your day off, that's the time you do it. Uh, Fulfill the grace that God has given you, Albert. It's a huge grace he's given you and a responsibility that you want to do this and that your family is not negating it. That is huge. That they haven't in mockery said, okay, you're our chaplain, but they are sincere. That is huge. So God has given you a calling and right now you have their souls in your hands. And so be absolutely faithful and do it when they can do it no matter what day it is. That's my, that's my advice, Albert. Be heroic. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that a lot. I'm, I'm definitely okay. going to 
because that that was the the stumbling block is you know we'd pick a day and then someone's not there but i didn't even think about just doing it days. it doesn't matter if you're only there with one other person do it do it no matter what be consistent otherwise it will completely fall apart and it will be lost if the family knows that every wednesday whatever day you pick whatever time this is what's done uh if they're way they'll know that they are absent from the family and the family's doing it without them be absolutely consistent even if it's one person okay god bless you albert and uh, god willing beloved will speak with you all tomorrow live for god with all your heart soul mind and strength and we'll speak with you tomorrow god bless you